This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Oh, oh, oh. oh no. <laughs> Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Santa Claus. Dave was naughty, so I had to come take over this episode, the little scamp. His mother didn't tell me, but I gather it was something to do with the internet, a fork, and some mayonnaise. You, you, you fill in the blanks. It'll be a fun holiday game. Santa ate Dave and then became Dave. He's delicious. <laughs> it was delicious. Uh, with me today in the studio, we've got some very nice boys and girls, as far as I know. Uh, they could be uh, non-binary, though. That's just fine with old St. Nick. <laughs> Who am I to judge? Uh, We're say, boys and girls for now. <laughs> yes. Say Felice Navidad, M1, Matt Engelkin. How's it going, Santa Claus? May your stockings be hung by the chimney with care, M4, Madeline Cusimano. Hi, Santa. <laughs> that, was my, that was my little girl voice. Is that your little girl voice? It's lovely. Personally, I hope you wash your socks this time. That was unpleasant last year. <laughs> Let's say happy holidays. <laughs> say happy holidays, MD, PhD student, Aline Sanduk. Merry Christmas, Dave Claus. And the woman who decided there's no place like home for the holidays and then f***ed right off to her home state of Washington in freaking <laughs> December or whatever. It's M4 Emma Barr. Hello. Thank you for being on the show with me today. I believe Dave told me as of today your semester has ended, Matt. It's a wrap. It has. Took the last exam this morning and ready to do nothing for the next three weeks. How, how would you how would you sum up your semester one experience? I'd say it wasn't too bad. I feel like they always say how hard med school is, and it's obviously challenging, but once you get in the swing of things, it's definitely manageable. So we passed, we survived. <laughs> yeah, you're always going to say headspace than I was. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? If you're putting on a brave front... You don't have to do that. <laughs> we we know the deal. But if you're doing okay, own it. And I'm glad you're happy. Yeah. No, I feel like I'm doing I'm doing fine. Like obviously there's good days and bad days, but good. I think like the idea of most pre meds is that med school's just like impossible and you're gonna fail everything and if you go into it that attitude, like you might fail everything, but overall I felt like it was all right so far. And he's got Santa on his pants, so I do. Skateboarding. Right? For my skateboarding Santa. I don't believe I licensed my likeness <laughs> to your pants. You know, for such an athletic guy, it's surprising Santa is has such a high BMI. Fat but fit, I like to say. <laughs> it's insulation for the North Pole. Exactly. There we go. Yeah. It's like whale blubber. Do as the pol- polar bears do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Fat but fit. Emma, that sounds like you uh, did not feel the same as Matt does after semester one. No, I think I was terrified by med school still after semester one. And look at you now. 
I know. I'm still terrified because his presidency is starting soon. <laughs> it's just a series of terrors. Yes. Excellent. My excellent. life. Well, we've got a listener question from Josh, who's trying to make an important career decision. Shall we listen to Josh? I don't know much about these things because I'm just Santa. I don't know much about these things, but perhaps I have some thought. I did, I did do some research to help with this question. I so. thought you knew everything, Santa. Well, I don't like to show it off. You're really committing to this bit. I mean, it's what not bit? a bit, Aline. Oh, oh, this I'm... is actually Santa. Santa's not wearing his mask. Be safe, children. All right. Not... All right, here we go. Here's Josh. Hey, Shark Coast. This is Josh Magoo. I had a question about academia versus community medicine. I'm on my way to my rotation right now. The sun is not up yet. And I'm about to interact with some attendings and residents who are teaching a significant portion of their day. And I can't help but think they're not really getting paid for this. And this is what I mean. Med students, on average, we tend to know that community folks make more than academic folks. And that's never really made sense to me because the academic folks do more. They have more obligations to students and trainees. And I'm not sure if it's just me, but I've spent my whole med school career at an academic center. I don't even know what community medicine is like. And I feel like a couple of years down the road, I just applied for emergency medicine residency, in a couple of years, I'm going to have to all of a sudden know if I'm going to want to do community medicine or not, despite not being part of that environment hardly ever. So just curious about your thoughts. Of course, income is not the most important thing, but it's a factor. I got a wife and a kid that I would like to feed. But yeah, curious what you think. But yeah. Thanks for your call, Josh. Hmm. Yeah, I did speak to Amal Shibli Rahal, our dean and asked her some questions about how physicians get paid because I've realized I'd made some... I'd realized that I just assumed that doctors get paid according to uh, how much they work and, and whether they bring in grants and things like that. Turns out I'm wrong. Academic physician compensation models vary, but they generally are paid a salary. Part of that money comes from the hospital. Part may come from the college. Part of your salary may include money from research grants, but that doesn't add to the amount, as in order to do research, you see fewer patients. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> that was very funny, what you just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is hard to do for this segment, it turns out. Does Santa want to tap out with Dave? Does Dave want to tap back Santa, in? Santa, why don't you ask Dave a question about his research that he did? <laughs> <laughs> and then Dave can insert his response. <laughs> Dave, get in here. I know you've been naughty, but I guess we can overlook it just for this, because this feels weird. All right. Yeah, th Santa, thanks. Um, the, yeah, so the compensation models also vary for private practice physicians. By the way, you did a great job, Santa. I don't, you know, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, good job, Santa. It is fine. He'll be back. Uh, the compensation models for private practice physicians vary, but they generally make more money. If you're a private practice vascular surgeon, for instance, your practice will make more money if you see more patients. The practice will also make money based on the equipment it has invested in 
and the equity they have in that equipment. So they could, if that vascular surgery practice needed to get a loan to build, to get more equipment, then they could draw upon that equity and all that kind of stuff to get that as collateral. They could expand their business. But anyway, the point is that both types of physicians may get bonuses at the end of the fiscal year if the organization makes more than expected. But what I'm told is that there is actually no difference in workload. There, There is this myth that academic physicians have it easier than docs in private practice. You've heard the opposite, Josh, but I think what I'm getting um, from my research is that they both do the same amount. It's the mix that's different. Yeah, and I also just wanted to add that I feel like, first of all, I want to say this is a really good question, and it's actually really nice to get a question from a current medical student, like, too, because it's these are the things that I'm thinking about for myself, and so it's kind of nice to have this discussion. But anyways... So I do think it varies. It's not necessarily like all academic physicians have an easier load than all private. Like, I think it just depends on the specialty. And obviously, as Dave mentioned, there's variability. I think you're more likely to have just more call in private practice in certain ways, just because your call pool is more likely to be smaller than at a big academic center, kind of from... The trends of most specialties. And then the other thing that I think with the burden of academic medicine sometimes is like, yes, you have a little bit more flexibility to shape your week how you want to. I know Dr. Amal Shibley Rahal has talked about how she really enjoys the teaching aspect and the dean aspect and all of that. And she doesn't regret, you know, I think she only sees patients like two days a week or something like that. She doesn't regret whittling down to that. But for some people, academic medicine comes with a lot of like extra responsibilities that you didn't sign up for, too. Like there's this administrative burden of I know here at the hospital, every department, it's like a point system and they have to contribute so many points like towards medical education. And you can fulfill that by sending your physicians to facilitate a small group with students or sometimes it's like. There's lots of different ways that you can gain points into a certain extent, like each physician can choose what they sign up for. But sometimes it's like, oh, we got to fill all these roles. And it's like it can become a burden at times, too. And I think also the pressure to at some academic institutions to produce research and grants in order to, like, prove your worth is also like a little hard, too. So those are just things that I've heard. I think another thing, at least that's important to me, is patient population. I think when I came to medical school, I thought that community hospital meant like, it sounds like you're working in the community and you see underserved patient populations and you're working in the community. But a lot of times, and I think like more times than not, community hospitals take very few patients on public insurance or Medicaid and mostly take private insurance, patients with private insurance, whereas academic centers a lot of times are the safety net hospital and take uninsured patients and Medicaid patients. And so if that's something that's important to you, maybe working academic center would be better. Or if you don't really, you want to see the most patients you can and, and spread your wings that way, then a community center might be better. Here are some ways that I discovered academic physicians and community physicians are different. They may both work X number of hours per Mm -hmm. week. 
But academic physicians spend lots of time making calls to get collateral data on, on their patients. Mm-hmm. They may be calling other hospitals or other providers. While the private physician probably has support staff who will do that. But the private physician will do more direct patient care than an academic physician will. It's kind of a wash in terms of hours work. Meanwhile, academic physicians spend a lot of time teaching, as you said, Mm -hmm. explaining, observing, giving feedback, and otherwise shepherding med students and residents. Some private practice physicians do help us teach, for instance, family medicine mm-hmm. physicians across you know around Iowa do take medical students but it's something that they can choose to do or not choose to do even on a you know month to month basis i yeah. think they can pretty much say i don't want any students anymore yeah there are private and community hospitals have like partnerships with like right. academic centers i've learning that as applying to psychiatric residencies yeah there's a lot there's like community programs in between programs and academic programs and it's very confusing yeah but I'm learning all the different models as I'm going through all these interviews and whatnot. And that's why I think Josh mentioned in his question is that he's a fourth year um, medical student and this is his first time working in a community setting. And I feel like it's important for medical students to see those different mm-hmm. um, environments. Like I went to Des Moines. We have a program where you can rotate at five different community hospitals in Des Moines and one of them being the county hospital. So if other medical students listening have that opportunity, I'd say really take advantage of it because it gives you a little bit of leverage to talk about what you're looking for in your career when you are interviewing and when mm-hmm. you're comparing different programs you've kind of experienced multiple different settings yeah i a lot of people complain at our institution being like shipped off all over the state for the family med rotation but i do think Mm -hmm. that the one benefit is it's like really the only time that you're going to get outside of this institution unless you're one of the 20 or so students that do the des moines program and for me sometimes it's rural for me i was able to completely arranged my own and I actually did it in Des Moines at a private outpatient clinic which is different than a rural clinic it's different than a community center where they serve it was very much like private family medicine and that it was just it was so different than the University of Iowa and I really it's not necessarily what I want to do but I really appreciate the perspective that I have right Dr. Rahal did say that you don't do academic medicine for the money no Um, yeah no and you do uh, any medicine for the money (laughs) like i'm in a lot of debt (laughs) yeah well it's it's not a get rich quick scheme but it is a get rich scheme well uh, so i don't know about that (laughs) i mean eventually right i mean i feel like if your main goal was to make a lot of money like assuming that you're like talented and like smart and like motivated enough to get into medical school i think that there are like less stressful professions to go into oh, than medicine so yeah. you but if you're talking about just about medicine yeah um it does pay well like eventually yeah. you get to a point i think mm-hmm. we'll get to a point in our careers where like there's no risk we're gonna starve well here's a yes right. absolutely you're absolutely correct uh, there's a 2016 study of 3500 35,000 doximity members which found that academics cluster around and slightly below the $250,000 mark in in the distribution of salaries, while non-academic docs are likely to earn higher amounts than that. So so there's that. On average, academic physicians in that study made 13% less than non-academics, and some specialists Mm -hmm. make much less. Gastroenterologists in academia made 41% less. Cardiologists made 50% less. Wow, really? That's Um, significant. It is significant. When you don't have an owner's stake in a practice, too, like... That's why, and this is not like my goal, but 
like some of these internal medicine specialties that are highly procedural are just very lucrative. And I think academic kind of like levels the playing field at least a little bit with that, which is why we're seeing these huge differences in like cardiology and GI. And then my family knows someone who had was like an original partner in a very big ophthalmology clinic and he makes like 1.5 million dollars a year sure. easily sure wow um if not more than that <laughs> so you know my personal read of this you guys can chime in is what is it that you can live without could you live without teaching or research definitely uh, without research if, yeah. if that's the case then don't do academic medicine if you can live without being an entrepreneur, then consider going into hospital-based medicine. If you don't want to be just an employee, like is the case with most hospital-based medicine practices, then go into private practice and understand that, meanwhile, understanding that the world of small private practices is, going, is growing smaller and smaller every year as the number of physician practices owned by hospitals and health system grows. Mm-hmm. So, And then you have a whole other entity, which is the VA, which has its mm. own pros and cons, too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like nobody ever thinks of the VA in terms yeah. of where they're going to practice someday, mm-hmm. but they might. I think people just either have that as a goal from the beginning because they either have some personal experience or they just like know or they just kind of stumble into it mm-hmm. like throughout their training because a lot of residencies mm-hmm. do pretty like a lot of training at the VA. So, yeah. I have a couple just more... Like, I don't even... I'm applying to res. I think he might be an M3, but... I think he said it was an M3. Yeah. Starting rotation. So I'm an M4 who's applying, and I still don't even know. So I'm kind of looking Mm. for... Even some of the more academic centers that I'm looking at, like, do... And maybe this is just unique to psych, but do, like... They might have, like, an outpatient, like, addiction, like, more community or private program that they work with. So they rotate through, or they have rotations at a lot of different settings within psych so i'm kind of planning on figuring that out while i'm in residency because i still don't know i think that's a common to a lot of different specialties that they rotate at different types of hospitals Mm -hmm. i think there's only one of my programs that is only at one hospital Mm -hmm. it seems like in order to get like a really broad education and see different patient populations even within the same city i think it's important to go to the different hospitals Mm -hmm. did you guys once you got into clinicals, did you guys ask your the people that you were rotating with, or pe- yeah, the people that you were rotating with? Did you ask them about their employment situations and what they thought of the work that they do? I think it I came ask. up a couple of times, but mm-hmm. no, that wasn't something that I was intentional about asking. Yeah, there are a few people like my mentors and stuff that I would ask or. Mm-hmm. Um, I did this one like continuity. I'm still doing continuity of care where I, I work with a, the same physician every week for a year. And Madeline does it too. Mm-hmm. And so I asked her about her experience working at private practice and then she came back to academics. But I didn't think about that, which would be a good question, especially for Josh, who's wondering about this. Yeah. I mean, it, so much of the focus of these rotations is on taking care of patients. Yeah. So you definitely could use that time to grill your mm-hmm. preceptors about their lives and their and even even their compensation how they feel about what yeah. they're paid and how it works and all that kind of stuff you don't have to ask them for details if that feels uncomfortable for you mm-hmm. how much is this how conversation you costing you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. me rather one yeah. and one mindset that people have again i applied to a wide variety of psych programs because i just had no idea i have some very community some mixed some very academic 
But the mindset that at least a lot of my friends who are going into IM have is they definitely want academic for IM, but are very sure that they want to go community as an attending. Because as Emma was saying earlier, it's really important in training to have a very wide variety of patients and to see all the pathologies. And it's easiest to get that at an academic tertiary care center. Mm -hmm. In psych, there's such a high need everywhere that you can get it everywhere. But um, so that's some people's goal is to do academic for training. And then at least a lot in psych, people will do moonlighting in the community. And in, in your fourth year, you have a lot of time to moonlight in psych. So it's like even if you're at an academic center, you can moonlight and make a lot of money. You can moonlight as a fourth year. You can start moonlighting. Resident. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say as a med student, I was like, but we're not licensed yet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in psych, you can start moonlighting at the end of your second year. But in a lot residency. of residency in residency. Yeah. Oh, wow. But a lot of people don't have time until third year and fourth year. As long as you've taken step three and whatnot. I have not heard any OBGYN residents saying that they even considered doing that. Yeah, I think you guys are too yeah. busy. <laughs> As a surgical specialty, probably, yeah, really overloaded. Yeah. I think it's common in, like, emergency medicine, family medicine. Yeah. Maybe I am, but psych, emergency, and family, I've heard about it the most. Listeners, if you ask us a question, it means that I don't have to make something up to talk about on the show. And the show becomes what you want it to be. So send your questions to theshortcoats at gmail.com or leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. There's another um, career possibility, which is sort of related to all this, and I'm not really sure how it fits in. Maybe you guys know. But doing locum tenens. I was oh, ju- yeah. You read my mind. I was just going to say that. Mm-hmm. Good job reading minds, Dave. That's <laughs> such an important skill to have. You know what? There's a present that just another present that materialized under your Christmas tree because of that. Yeah, thank you, Seth. <laughs> yeah, okay, look- so I've worked with providers that called themselves locums before. Mm-hmm. And what does that like come from? Why are they called locums? It's a Latin for locum tenums, I think, means like a temporary yeah. resident or, you know, like to hold the place to of. To hold the place of, yeah. So. so they're basically people who get contracted to go to like various parts. They're like travel nurses, but right. doctors. Right. Yeah. And they get compensated handsomely to yeah, do yeah. that. It's, yeah. It's not bad. It's like less common because there's a lot more to licensing a physician, but it's like very common to cover like maternity leaves or if you're having someone join your practice that is like practitioner owned you want to make that decision very carefully so sometimes clinics will have like almost a year while they're trying to find the right person and they like just have Uh. multiple locums those are the and then sometimes people are just short-staffed and they need locums well and and if the predictions of the coming physician shortage are correct um you might be able to clean up real well Mm -hmm. as a locum yeah uh physician yeah, well, so I knew a guy that would come to Iowa uh, to work for, I mean, and he had a dream schedule. He would work two weeks and then was off two weeks, but he made so much money that he could afford to do that. And he lived in Manhattan, like a very bougie lifestyle. And so, but he was a very good doctor, but he was 100% doing it for the money. So you're not wrong. It's a good, that is a get rich quick scheme. Also, <laughs> well, also there, there is some flexibility in there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you don't work for an employer, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, thinking about it for like when I have kids, I like am discovering with all this free time during interview season that I don't do well with a lot of free time. So I don't think I could ever be a stay at home mom or even like a part time would be hard. But I feel like locums is a really good way to balance having a big family and also still being a physician. So Mm. there. Well, Josh, love to hear more about where your decisions take you. And experiences are like call us back in here and see if you've been able to answer your own questions and let us know. Yeah. I also need to disclaimer that I'm not implying that stay at home moms have a lot of free time. I'm just saying that when you have to structure your own day without something else calling you towards it, I don't do well with that. So (laughs) mad respect to stay at home moms. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) The the academics of uh, real life, actually. All right. Uh, that was a good joke. That deserved way more love. Wait, than I, I, got. I just got it, Aline. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't I was get like, it. That I don't was know good. if I get it. <laughs> she, like, you doing know, research. I, yeah, because we were talking about academics get to structure their day. They do a little teaching. They do a little research. Like, I know so many stay-at-home moms that are like, all right, I'm researching a new recipe, and I'm going to try it this way, but I've also heard you can sub in this ingredient that wasn't available at the store. Anyway, that was brilliant, and I curse all of you for not loving that joke as much as I did, but Thank you, I Madeline. had a reaction. <laughs> I cursed them too. They really should have done a better job. That was a with great that. bit. No, I'm All just right. kidding. Yeah. Santa, I'm ready to resume my place in the naughty. Come the back, naughty Santa. Room. All right. Santa has a lot of work to do. He's got a lot of. Pre- he's running out of time. Look, those elves have got it covered. <laughs> Mrs. Claus agreed to step in for the hour to record this show. It's fine. It's fine. She's really good at If Santa can deliver all the presents me. around the world in one night, he can take one off, one day. Ex- off exactly. It's true. Exactly. I work hard too though. I just want want to point out. It's not just one night a year. I spend the entire year making making wooden toys that children love. <laughs> CEOs are important too. That's yeah. right. And just the decisions <laughs> that I have to make, the, the, especially HR. Let me tell you something. Those elves, <laughs> they, they don't make complaints. it easy, those little Santa, are you your own HR officer? <laughs> don't tell anybody, but yes. Okay. This, <laughs> In meetings, there's just two different seats and he just bounces oh, between God. ones. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. Your semester may be over, Matt, but the learning never ends. It's time for a Christmas Crimes pop quiz. Let's see if you can figure out the answers to this multiple choice quiz on holiday crime. Are we ready? Yeah, I guess. Is this for everybody? I I didn't know this is for everybody, but I was just using Matt to... I thought you were going to put me on the spot there. I'm not sure why I... I, You did look directly at him, so I I assumed as well. He's a good boy. A I, just like, I like looking at him. <laughs> I, I like looking at good boys, not bad girls If you're not boys. careful, uh, Santa's about to get accused of sexual harassment. <laughs> <laughs>
There's nothing. There's nothing Santa could Santa, do with that, Aline. You need to leave before you get sued. Seriously, I think I'm Aline is like a little um, anti-Santa over here. Santa and I have some issues. We need to talk oh, after tell, this. Tell me about it. What are your issues? <laughs> Not do you enough. need an HR present at the same time? I, I, well, actually, then perfect. All right. So HR Santa. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. All perfect. Right. <laughs> No payoff for that joke. (laughs) All right. In 2011, an 11-year-old boy in Vandalia, Ohio, was in his room, was in his home, while mom was next door. All was merry and bright until he realized that a man, later determined to be high on bath salt, had broken in and done what? A. Decorated the house for Christmas. B. Made some holiday cookies. C. Finished wrapping some presents that the boy's mother hadn't gotten to yet. Or D. Donated all the boy's stuff to Toys for Tots. Wait, can you repeat? Can I ask a clarifying question? Yes. It was high on bath salts, the mom or the boy? No, the, no, some no, random the man guy. who broke in. The man who oh, broke in. So neither of us. <laughs> so at every multiple choice answer you gave us, I was expecting some form of defecation. When you said decorate, I was like, that's def. Oh, okay, not that one. Yes. And then what was the fourth one? It was. Donated all the boys' donated, stuff. That, that also could have been def. So you have decorate cookies, uh, wrap presents, and, and donating. I'm going to go yeah. with donating because it. Could be like, oh, I stole all these presents, but they were donated. Nice. And he had regret. <laughs> solid wrapping. Solid, uh, solid uh, uh, guess there, Madeline. I'm gonna go with that, but for a different reason. I'm betting that he opened them. Was like, well, I'm not an eight year old, mm-hmm. and then donated them. Eleven year old, but okay. Eleven. Your right, attention whatever. to detail needs some work. <laughs> Minor uh, person. Yeah. What did you say, Emma? I'm going to say wrapping because it just sounds like a kind of a whimsical thing that someone high on bath salts might do. I actually don't know what it's like to be high on bath salts. So. Well, remember that the first time we heard about bath salts. Florida man. Was, was the Florida man who, who ate somebody's face off. Oh, yeah. So, That's not whimsical. I could also whimsical. see decorating as in, them. as in like um, just like throwing random crap around everywhere mm-hmm, too. But mm-hmm. I'm still going to go with my first answer. All yeah. right. What did you guess, Matt? I'm going to go Christmas cookies just because it sounds the most fun. All right. Well, <laughs> that's the one you're hoping it is. I'm hoping it's that one. <laughs> I guess he's, you know, got the munchies on Basil. <laughs> <laughs> no, the answer is decorated the house for Christmas. Mm. The boy found 44 year old burglar Terry Trent after he'd broken in, put up some decorations, turned up the TV real loud and settled in to watch a show. Trent said he didn't mean any harm, saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'll get my things and go. The most polite person on bath salts ever. (laughs) Most polite criminal ever. Maybe he was a really ragey person at baseline and bath salts put him in. Sort of a paradoxical effect, yes. Yes. I'm going to declare burglar Terry Trent to be a good boy. Oh. Might want to lay off the drugs. And the breaking and entering. A little Santa suggestion there. but there. I was going to say, there are a lot of scenarios where entering someone's home and decorating it for them is a legitimate profession, and Terry should look into that. Yeah. It Usually like with consent, however, yes. Right, exactly. And an exchange of goods and and services and money. Wait, so. what? It, it doesn't say. Yeah, he did it for free. Yeah, so. he's yeah. a hero. Actually, is what <laughs> yeah. was a it doesn't say what. Uh, what did he do Mr. it well? Trent's profession is 
Uh, maybe he's an interior decorator. What, you know, what do we know? That's true. All right. Very good, boys and girls. You, you, none of you answered that question correctly. It was my second option. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's only one. No partial up. credit. No. <laughs> yes. Next question. The year is 2018. A 31-year-old man was busted in Cleburne, Texas for trespassing outside a church where he was doing what? A. Passing out pot-laced brownies decorated with the word Santa loves you. B. Protesting a breakfast with Santa event. C. Wrapping shoppers' presents for them with sheets of counterfeit 20s. Oh my gosh. Or D. Offering for sale briefs he said had been previously worn by Santa's elves. Ugh. Briefs. Is it outside of a church? Outside a church, yes. We have brownies. We have breakfast. We have protesting. We have wrapping presents. And we have uh, briefs. I'm going to say the pot brownies. All right. Yeah. All right. That's what I was going to go with, too, just out of process of elimination. Like the protesting Santa thing outside of a church. I don't know if that makes sense. And then some highly like highly religious conservative people don't like the idea of Santa. So really, I guess. Good point. (laughs) I personally, I find Jesus to be lovely. We were I, I, the loveliness of Jesus wasn't in question. <laughs> I, 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 I can't speak for Jesus. I feel like we have Oh a, Santa. It's Santa talking about. Oh, yes. okay. I got confused. I, yeah. Well listen, Jesus, Jesus I, loves I, you. Though. I don't know. I have never asked Jesus how he feels about me, but we seem to have a, a sympathetic. Well, if you go from the Saint Nick Saint Nick perspective, there's a little bit more tie in there. True that. Uh, <laughs> okay, so then I'm down with I'm gonna, the lingo that kids use. I'm I'm gonna say no to the. I'm gonna be very surprised if it's the money one because, like, I guess it could be like your goodwill. Like, oh yeah, not only am I wrapping your presents for you, but I'm also giving you like hundreds of dollars. I don't it's know. Counterfeit I just, money though. Maybe. Oh, it's yeah. counterfeit. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Counterfeit sheets. Why? So you're like. No, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Fair enough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the briefs one because it was the most ridiculous. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the briefs one too. Oh, okay. Still brownies for me. I feel like that's most likely, but I'm still going with briefs. All right. Did you guess, Emma? I can't remember. Yeah, I said brownies because it sounds the most realistic. Excellent. You're all wrong again. Ah, ah, he was protesting a, a breakfast with Santa. Ah, really? Event. Okay, you have to bleep out my. Aaron Urbanski. Well, so you don't worry. <laughs> Aaron Urbanski uh, was also telling children that I don't exist, so he's now on my naughty list. So far, my critical thinking skills have been really good, and then I just end up not going with that one. <laughs> so go with your gut. Wait, no. Go with your critical thinking? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you, re- you reasoned that out pretty well when you were like, well, actually. So, yeah, you probably should have gone. So next one. one. I'm going to go. I'm gonna do All that. right. We'll see if you can redeem yourself. <laughs> On January 5th, 2015, Randy Lang was arrested after visiting a Buffalo Wild Wings in Monterey County, California, claiming to be me and passing out what to diners? A. Candy canes in the shape of human genitalia. (laughs) B. Envelopes of a reddish powdery substance that later turned out to be strawberry quick drink mix. (laughs) C. Bootleg CDs of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Oh, nice. Or D, samples of weed. 
I mean, literally all of those are good contenders. This one is harder. Yeah. They're all kind of the same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except for maybe the powdery substance that was just like cool. There's nothing more similar than weed and and, <laughs> and bootleg CDs of Mariah Carey. The strawberry flavored Nesquik is I guess pretty it, is he is he asking for money in return? I no, I'll okay. Yeah, it yeah I feel like it'd be weird for somebody to give out free weed at a B-dubs. Expensive. But Wait, where was he outside of California? California? Uh, a, a Buffalo Wild Wings. Which state? Where? California. Oh, okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the weed because weed is now legal in California. And maybe he's starting his own like Christmas theme uh-huh. dispensary. And mm-hmm. so he's trying to create a media storm. And the arrest is just like good publicity. And so I that's, see. that's no my publicity is bad publicity. Exactly. So that's my answer. Interesting choice. All right. Good reasoning. I can't argue with that reasoning. That's, that's spot on. It's I'm going to go with good. that. Pretty good. Anybody yeah. else I'm have gonna, a dissenting view? I'm going to go with the packets of Kool-Aid or pink, whatever it is. Because what's better than after eating some wings, drinking some Kool-Aid? Strawberry quick. Strawberry quick. And here's the thing. What is that? That's the thing with the bunny. It's like chocolate milk, but strawberry milk. Okay, that works too. You could drink some of that after you eat wings. (laughs) But if you didn't know what it was, you'd be like, is this pink cocaine? Yeah, exactly. Like laced cocaine. How do you know he wasn't telling them? Oh, okay. I guess we don't. I guess we don't. I feel like I'm going to go with the strawberry powder too. I wanted to go with the um, candy canes, but it feels like a lot of work to make your own candy canes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very industrious criminal to make these candy canes in the shape of what I'm assuming are phalluses. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. It's all. I don't know why you assume they're phalluses. (laughs) I mean, all right. Well. Okay, All I right. Make some assumptions. <laughs> well, here's the answer. It's samples of weed. Yes. No. Lang, Critical thinking wins. Lang had brought with him a duffel bag with two pounds of weed in it. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and told patrons he'd brought them as presents as he passed out his holiday cheer. For reasons best known only to them, someone called the police, who later found another two pounds of weed in his home. Sanchez impressed. <laughs> Unbelievable! These ungrateful bastards. <laughs> I mean, come on! Now. He's giving it out for free. Yeah, is that guy's illegal? A hero. Like to give out? Of course, know. it's illegal. Yeah, yeah. you're supposed things. to be. You're, you know, like I had thought Madeline's business idea was a good one, except that you have to be licensed. That's you can't just you can't, you can't just go out to the streets. Yeah. He's trying to give the gift of chill. I don't, know, I don't live in California. I don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah, because like you can give out candy, right? Is that illegal? Marijuana is illegal in California. It's probably not illegal to have four pounds of candy on you, but <laughs> weed is a different story. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> By the way, there's a in just across the border in Illinois. It's legal. You don't, know, when that law Santa went into does, effect... Don't ask how Santa knows. <laughs> oh! All right. Santa knows everything. <laughs> All right, here we go. He's uh, got to have a very, very um, detailed understanding of the law because when people are naughty or nice. So if it's legal in Illinois, but illegal in Iowa, you got to keep track of that, that stuff. That is excellent. Well, Santa, that is excellent point. I have a bunch of elves in the legal department. <laughs> I'm really deep into my Christmas theory. I'm glad you have a lot of elves in the legal department, but no one in HR. <laughs> No, I was going to say, Santa's also a lawyer, so he's an HR rep, he's an attorney, 
He is apparently a cobbler in all their other manner of. Yes. It's yeah. all true. It's all true. I just like impressive I'm a, Renaissance I'm a, and he has man. a lot of friends in medicine. I'm a I'm a master of I'm I'm a what, what's the Jack phrase? of all trades Jack of all trades master of none. You've mastered a lot of things. I, do my, I, yeah, do I my feel best. like Santa Claus is a master of gift giving. Master of a few things. Master Jack of, of physics. Yeah. Well, how many? I mean, you know, that's my main gig. But it's how magic, many, though. Like, how much skill does that really? Take? Giving presents is my main gig. Yes, but how many of us wear different hats in our lives? You know, don't you only wear one physical hat? <laughs> Only only one day a year, but that's uh, that's part of the fashion at the North Pole. It's business casual. It's cold up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Canadians are for the most part lovely people, as evidenced by our own Aline Sanduk. Uh, yes. For instance, their postal service has for years had a program where children can write to me and get a reply. Now, I'm too busy for that kind of reindeer shit, but that's okay. I don't even have to do anything. That's right. Thank you, Canada Post. Because (laughs) the post office replies for me. Unfortunately, in 2007, some children got back replies consisting of what? A, dead bugs. Oh. B, reminders to use proper postage next time, along with the original letter marked undeliverable. That seems logical. C, sexy photos of me with then Prime Minister David Harper. (laughs) Or D, rude messages. I want to know what the rude messages are. The article didn't say. I feel like the logical answer, undeliverable, but that's no fun. I'm not going to pick that one. Yeah, I don't. So, all right, if I may offer my personal experience. All right. You didn't actually put postage on those. It was just a box at the post office, and they had a special. Oh, you did this when you were a kid? I did. I did. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I was going to say, I I didn't reckon on. I assumed. Damn it! <laughs> I feel I like it'd be a little posted. mean to make to make these kids well, okay, put proper postage. Okay, you still kind of kept up your cover by saying like an it was a new person processing these at the at the post office. I didn't know, but all right, so we're not picking that one. Ooh, I'm gonna go well, with the one. sexy photos. <laughs> I don't have any critical thinking. Sexy photos. All right, I'm gonna say rude messages. Rude messages. I'll go with rude messages too. Yeah. What, do, what do you think, well, Emma? What was the other option? Oh, dead bugs. Oh, I'll go with dead bugs just because that hasn't been chosen. <laughs> That's very kind of you. The letter A appreciates your kindness. <laughs> very welcome. Yes. Charity, really, because no one else picked that. Yes. But it was the, feeling lonely. One of us has to be right. <laughs> the answer is rude messages. Mm. Ten mm. children received letters allegedly from me with messages like, This letter is too long, you dumb shit. <laughs> and your mom sucks D. Although Canada, <laughs> <laughs> Although Canada Post at first oh believed the naughty letters were the work of one rogue elf, an investigation turned up a group of miners who'd somehow gotten hold of a bunch of letters. <laughs> miners? Miners is in the profession or like, like the age? Like, no, minor children. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like miners. Right, right, a bunch of like little, you know, I didn't even, teenagers I couldn't even raided the box. With, I couldn't even threaten them with coal because they all had their own. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, 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 miners. Minor, minor children. Wait, really? Yes. Oh, oh, this sounds like such a perfect high school prank of like, yeah, we're going to teach these kids. I actually minor. Uh, no one knows what happened to those naughty, naughty children, but I do. 
I sure you do. You ate them. <laughs> so what happened? They won't be bothering. Got a hold of some basalts. <laughs> they won't be bothering us again. Twist, Santa makes bath salts. <laughs> he is the number one supplier of bath oh, salts oh, oh. nationwide. <laughs> oh, Wellness <dear>. gifts. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you all did uh, marginally well. It's a marginal pass, as we say here at the Carver College of Medicine. Did you know that there's a grade marginal pass? No. I did not. I, you just added a whole new level of anxiety to my life. What is this? I mean, this? it's not really a grade so much as it is like you're you're flagged if you have a marginal pass. Like if you just like barely pass. Is it supposed to be like, okay. It's just an administrative you thing. You pass, like, hey, let's so pay attention we to need to person. make sure we offer you resources yes, or something? Yes, that's exactly oh. the point. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. So <laughs> anxiety decreased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, Some schools like so here we have for the most part it's like fail pass near honors honors but I've noticed like some people when discussing like their med schools grading curriculum instead they have like fail pass high pass honors so uh, I feel like mm -hmm. it's kind of like a glass half empty glass half full thing like we kind of go with the glass half full like you're almost honors yeah but you're not quite there where they're just like oh yeah you high pass but you didn't get honors I don't know. I, th I think it's also funny that it's just like an ABCD. Like, yeah. why don't we just continue yep. to use letters like we always have? <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that we don't, though. I don't yeah. Know. It makes it feel less stressful. Yeah. Like, if you're right on the border between those two, it's not, oh, I need to get an A. Like, it's like, always hey, I'm an A well. student going into med school to have a completely different terminology, I think, is you know kind what? of helpful. I would be I completely that. seized. <laughs> that would be a little bit I don't know that I've, demoralizing. That I've ever thought of this question. I'm going to have to ask. Or, or rather, I'll have Dave ask <laughs> why we grade, why med schools are all like honors, near honors, pass, fail, or whatever. I do think that there are some med schools that do A, B, C, D. You think? Yeah. yeah. Well, those DMU schools, does. Are, those mm -hmm. schools are terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean. And the cutoffs might be different than different? like. Yeah. But I like how we do it. I don't know much about med schools. I'm just a, a lowly Santa. There's more Santas? Well, I meant in the... He, he was being what? humble. He was shut, humble. Right. Shut up again. You know just what? Just, just, just keep shutting up. I'll just leave. I'll just leave. <laughs> I'm done. Aline oh, oh, oh. has been blacklisted to the naughty list for I, at least five years. I'll tell you what. She's on thin ice. I, ooh. All right, I'll just stop. <laughs> stop ruining your games. That's our show. You've all been very... You've all been very nice. And I'm planning on... on Stopping by your houses Christmas Eve. That's what you believe in. I'm not even sure. Are you going to decorate for me? No. No, I will leave. Unless he's on bath salts, but. And Santa doesn't. Oh, that's really a game day decision for Santa. Yes. <laughs> so I'll, I'll make that choice at the last minute. Yes, Emma, Matt, Madeline, Aline, thanks for, for being on the show with me today. And thank you for putting up with my amateur podcasting skills. <laughs> I would call them more than amateur. Yes? You think mm -hmm. I should start my own They're podcast? They're atrocious, is what she means. <laughs> Again, with Aline. <laughs> then what kind of coal sack would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us a part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Our editors are A.J. Chowdhury and Eric Bozart. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Santa Claus saying, Happy!
Happy Holidays! See you next year! Hi, Shortcoats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you and I'm glad you're here and other people are too. 